up everybody championship leadership podcast and today we have uh damon burton not to be confused with damien damien burton yes he was talking about uh with seo national he's out of uh salt lake city utah and uh just appreciate you coming on man thank you yeah you bet yeah so it's for the listeners letting men on yeah. the inside joke so I've been married for 13 years. My wife's twin brother just slaughters my name and he doesn't even, like he owns it. He's like, no, that's your name is not your name. Like, you know, I have a friend like that, which is, uh, you know, I guess let's keep, keep down this for a little bit. We played softball together after college and his last name was Shawl S C H A A L. Longest time it was Jaw J A L. So I'd always put that in the book when we were playing and one day he's finally like, you know, it's shawl, right? <laughs> and I'm like, no, really? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, he's like, it's cool. I kind of like it. So just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> it's your thing, yeah. That's Nate's thing now. <laughs> yeah, it's jaw. So, yeah, That's yeah. funny. That was funny. Well, yeah, thanks again for being here. I appreciate it. Let's kick it off. I always like to ask every guest, what is uh, what does championship leadership mean to you? That's the name of the podcast. So, you know, when you hear that, what do you think of? You know, I'll go with something that actually kind of came in this morning. I got a message on Facebook from kind of one, like a follower, I guess you'd say somebody that follows what I do. And they said, Hey, Damon, check this vision board out. And she's talked about her vision board before. And she goes, let's play. I spy. Let me know when you see it. And so I'm like checking it out and she's got me in there next to like, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, Barry Vaynerchuk and Oprah Winfrey and just these huge people. But what she said after that was, you know, thanks for not only being an inspiration in business, but I hope to one day have a team that is appreciative as much on both sides, you appreciating them, them appreciating you as much as you've communicated that you have with your team. So I think that's one thing that I really pride myself on is just having a team that, um, exactly that I call them a team. I don't really call them employees in 13 years. I've only had one person quit and that was last year. And that's because I encouraged them to go take another opportunity that just kind of came up like they weren't looking yeah. for it and so i got a really loyal team and and i think that's um something that i've put a lot of intentional effort behind and and i think it pays itself back pretty well 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think to that, right, it's if you are that type of leader, a championship level leader, we'll call it, right? It's just, it's a huge testament to that fact that you're doing something right, that you're taking care of your people, that they want to be there, that they want to follow you, and uh, that they love the vision, the mission. And that's special, it's unique, and especially it seems today, more than ever, rare. Yeah, I think we're moving towards like, I think we're going to tip back the other way. We've had like this huge growth of instant gratification in the digital world. And I think we're burning out on it. I mean, technology is still going to carry us forever, but I think we're going to start tipping back a little bit where people are, you know, I was on a podcast just right before this one where we got talking heavily on, um, you know, soft skills, just being able to communicate with people and the importance of that moving forward. And, you know, trust is going to be a bigger, a bigger part of business and commerce moving forward. Yeah, that'd be nice. And, I, I think I kind of feel that that tilt happening as well, slightly. So uh, yeah. yeah, it would be nice. Tell us a little bit about you and SEO National. What you got going on? You mentioned the team that you've had over the last thirteen years. So you, some some definite longevity there. You know, give us some insight into you and and how you've gotten to where you are today. Yeah. So you know, I I. Uh... Started SEO National in 2007. The abbreviated version of what we do is, you know, SEO is search engine optimization. So we work with clients to show up higher on search engines without paying for ad space. And then, you know, when I started into the entrepreneurship world, I, I picked something and committed. I didn't want to be an agency that said they offered it all and then was mediocre at all of it. So like SEO is my thing. And it's been a fun journey because it's dynamic enough that it keeps my interest, but I, I have core practices I follow that give you that comfort and stability. So SEO has been a fun career to, to be in and I've worked with a lot of great people. Um, you know, as far as me personally, some of the bigger things I've done lately is um, I write for Forbes now. And so that's pretty cool to be able to write about that. Wow. Um, just finished a book, <laughs> man, kudos wow. to authors. Writing a book sucks. What's the name? <laughs> it is uh, a difficult process, isn't it? Yeah. It's tentatively titled outrank. It's head to the to print right now and just Makes last, sense last edits. And, you know, the last, I, I kind of feel like I've done entrepreneurship backwards. And what I mean by that is I did really well and, and still do really well, but I didn't really appreciate, like I'm starting to appreciate my path retrospectively more. Yeah. So I'm more appreciative of the type of work that I do, the people that I work with, the work ethic that I've had over the years. And, you know, as you get older, like things change. And I'm like, damn, I wish, I'm glad that I put in the time when I did because I don't think I could play at the same level in some things as I do now. And like, you still grind it out, but you just figure out different ways to do it. You know, for me personally, it's, it's, I'm in like a reflective mode in the last year. And I think I've still got another good year to go in it before I feel like I'm in the next chapter of life and, you know, where yeah. I'm at and what's going on. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about that, about SEO and, uh, you know, from what I can remember, like 2007 is probably right about the time where it kind of became this, this uh, cool term and thing, right? That, you know, started hearing about it, never really still knew what it was or what it meant. Um, I think I have a little better understanding now, but still it's something, it's one of those things for, for me and probably I would imagine for many, it's just kind of like, you kind of know what it is, but you don't really know how to do it or take the time to get to know what to do. How, how did you decide to like, maybe 
you know, see that this was going to be something that was going to be critical and important for a lot of people, a lot of businesses and something that you could create a company around and obviously become an industry leader inside of that success that you've had, the longevity that you've had to be able to do that, to pick that niche, which is hard for a lot of entrepreneurs to yeah. do, um, you know, cause you don't want to narrow yourself down too small. That's the thought, right. You know, and I think, you know, when someone like yourself comes around and, and can disprove that, uh, by doing what you do, like, yeah. Um, maybe talk to that a little bit. Yeah. I, th- I think, uh, one thing that's important that I think entrepreneurs need to kind of embrace is, is experimentation, like being okay, figuring it out. I think nowadays too many entrepreneurs, um, come into the game and uh, social media glorifies a lot of things. Um, and it should to an extent, you know, entrepreneurship is cool. Um, and you do get out what you put in, but it's not like an overnight thing. And so I think it's really important that you kind of figure out what you like by, by identifying what you don't like. And so I was totally cool when I first started the company, we were more on the design side. So I had a background in web design and I was just kind of filling it out. Like what type of projects did I like to work on? Not, not which projects that I could monetize, but what did I actually like doing? And so over the course of working with different clients, um, we ended up having a client come along that said, Hey, you know, what do you know about Google? How do you, how do you do that? And I said, well, I know enough, but it's not my area of expertise. And I was always very transparent and still am. And I think that speaks to the longevity is embracing that transparency. And I said, Hey, I will experiment on you if you experiment on, on me. So we worked out a deal where I said, we got these goals, give me three months to hit them and don't pay me anything unless I do. And so they were incentivized because it was no risk. But I was incentivized because I said, if I hit that goal, you owe me retroactively. Yeah. And so it was really a no lose situation for both of us. And we hit those goals in a couple of weeks and I enjoyed the process. And so I said, let me try this one more time. And I, I made the same offer to another client, hit those goals. And I said, this is, this is my thing. Like, this is what I like. This is what I'm going to commit to. And I just went all in on it. That's incredible. Cool. Talk to us a little bit about championship leaders, coaches, mentors, people that you've, uh, you know, took you under their wing a little bit, or maybe directly, indirectly that you've, that you've learned from along the way. And uh, more importantly than like who they are is really sure. what those traits, characteristics you've taken from them and that have helped kind of mold who you are as a leader. So I probably have a, an answer that's opposite to most. Um, I've never really gone under the wing of very many people, but I have learned a lot from other people by seeing what they do wrong. So, um, you know, one great example is one of the last employers I had before I started my business, super successful guy, grossed millions of dollars a month. There was just like two or three of us as employees. I was his go-to guy and we just all got treated like crap you know, promises left and right that were never made, bonuses that were offered that were never paid. It was really obvious, even, you know, even aside from like, hey, this isn't the way business should be. There was like real clear takeaways that I now apply into not only my, my business, but my personal life. I remember, you know, one story was I was out at dinner with my wife when we were first married and he was calling me and it was after hours. And I, I was thinking like, I'm at dinner with my wife you know, this isn't cool. But then I didn't answer. And then he started blowing me up. He started sending me text messages and emails. And to that day, at that moment, I deleted my emails from my phone. And in 13 years, I have never had email back on my phone. Oh, really? Wow. And so I've set real clear, um, hard stops in to try and maintain, you know, 
productivity in work hours and, you know, private life and private time. And so um, it, I think that's really supported both of those. And you need to have success in both of those to have success in the other. So I really learned a lot by taking away um, observations from things that I didn't feel right about that other people did. Yeah, that's an important piece to it, right? Is and and you'd be surprised actually. I'm or I have been surprised by by the answer to to this question or similar question is that there are more more people that haven't necessarily been taken under a wing of somebody than but but just uh, the ability to also learn from what you don't like from others, right? As you go through life, you, we all have experiences. We all have interactions with different owners, leaders people who think they're leaders, but just have the title and, uh, and, and you kind of, you know, along that path, you take what you like, what you don't like. And that also helps to mold you, uh, to who you want to become. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's been a lot of other people that I've seen that weren't as much as a bad guy as that from former employee I just talked about. Yeah. And I've seen other people with hyper success. Um, but they were a different person on stage than they were off the stage. Yeah. And like, I just like, I can't do that. I'm sure I could take my company like, you know, levels higher, but I want to sleep at night. You know, I want to maintain that clean conscience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's a, that's a key one too. Right. And that's something that's big for me as well is to continue to be able to, as a coach impacting leading others is to as much as possible, continue to be that person on the stage that I am off of it. Yeah. Well, as uh, and I can imagine, you know, with different levels of success, it it can become a little bit more difficult to do that. Uh, but at the same time, I, I know it's possible. So it's awesome to hear you say that as well. What is the vision for you? Like, what, where do you want to go? What do you, I think a championship level leader, they have great vision, more so than than most others, and that's what sets them apart. And it's also that willingness to be able to take action or. Uh, the courage to, to uh, decide and move on that vision that they have that might be different yeah. from somebody else. Where are you looking to go? What's the impact you want to make inside of SEO National? Well, I, I can kind of answer that a couple of ways. So directly within SEO National, you know, we've grown a lot because of that transparency we spoke of earlier. So I want to continue to scale the business and just maintain that, that ethic within the company. So, you know, long-term me personally, I'll probably exit the business at some point in the next couple of years. And, um, I'll, I'll kind of lean back on my own advice after that. I, I have big grand plans and I can feel it, but I don't know the details of it. And I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with, you know, figuring it out and just, cause what I don't want to do and what I don't think other people should do, whether it's in business or, you know, finding out their purpose in life is rushing into anything. Like I'm not going to just go, well, that purpose sounds like the closest thing I can think of right now and then commit to something I'm not 100% about. So, you know, I don't know entirely. I'll probably take a couple months off and, and do nothing. <laughs> like yeah. catch up on, on, on life and refill a little bit and go do some travels with my wife and kids. And then I'm definitely going for impact after that. You know, I've been fortunate enough to have good, have good success. And I think I want to just return the favor to an extent and go down the path of, you know, helping in some capacity. Yeah. Okay. I like it. What's, um, you know, that, that can be a difficult thing, right? To remove yourself from something, especially when it was your baby that you took, took, uh, and, and started on your own. Um, any thoughts or 
uh, around that and the difficulties of that, or is it something you, th you can see yourself being able to do fairly easily, assuming obviously you get a, yeah, you have the right people in place, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat in the middle. You know, I, I think a big part of being able to detach from it from when that time comes is knowing that I've built really strong processes. Cause you're right. It's, it's like your baby. And I think more so than I think the bigger fear for some business owners when they let things go like that is they're afraid that, that the other guy's going to screw it up. I don't have that fear because we've done so well at documenting our processes. And so I know that it's a turnkey operation. So I'm not afraid of it in that capacity. Like it's going to go up in flames once I let it go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's certainly some, some personal attachment to it. And I've had a lot of other friends have some big exits. And one common thing that they talk about is they're like, what do I do? Like, who am I? <laughs> because they've been so tied in day in, day out to that. So I think that part is a little intimidating because when you're high functioning and just always on the go, and then all of a sudden you don't know where you're going, you know, there's a little bit of that part where I say, I wonder how I'm going to react. But, but at the same time, I, I, I know it's coming. So I know that I will process it. And so I'm not afraid of being blindsided by that, you know, new situation in life. But yeah, there, there's a little bit to it where um, I'm more curious than anything to see what happens. I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely does. And um, yeah, thank you. What's a, what's a critical moment in your life or maybe a turning point where, you know, had you not made the decision that you did, you, you, you wouldn't be sitting where you are right now today talking about potentially, you know, taking yourself out of the business and figuring out what that path is for you next down the road. What could have you in a very different place than you are today? You know, I always call it the, the fork in the road, right? There's the road that most people travel and there's a road less traveled that, that it uh, takes a lot of courage. It's, it's the one that a lot of people will feel pulled to, but whether it's like, well, they're, they're not sure because they kind of want that guarantee before they take that first step, right? You know, it's, it's like that faith uh, versus like the safe path, which really is the path that leads to regret for a lot of people because then they look back and wish they would have, you know, went, went right instead of left. Um, is there a moment that, that's, that sticks out to you where, man, you had that fork and, and you did, go the path that you did. It has where you are today, but could have very easily turned out a different way. Yeah. We could probably talk about two different things. The, the one that seems more applicable is when I started the business, I was one of those side hustlers that shoestringed it together. And yeah. so when I first started my business, uh, you know, I was 24, 25, something like that. And, and it was cool being self-employed, you know, for the first year, it was basically just me. And, um, where I really kind of went all in was when I started to look at hard numbers and I said, you know, 80% of my time is spent on my day job, but it's only giving me 50% of my income. And then the other 20% is also producing 50% of my income. So when I, when I realized I was approaching that tipping point, I said, okay, it'll suck to cut off that 50% of income, but I'm going to free up 80% of my time. So, and at the time, I mean, I wasn't making anything astronomical. I think my day job was like 25 grand and my side hustle was like 20 grand. Yeah. And so I could, I could basically pay my bills at 25 grand. Um, you know, it was just me and my wife. Our only major yeah. debt was like a car payment and a mortgage. And I knew kids at some point were on the, on the horizon. 
And I figured it made more sense to, to take that calculated risk then than later. And so, um, so I, I made the jump. I, I, I went all in on being self-employed and by freeing up that time, it really allowed me to commit to finding other clients that I could service and doing the things I like to do. And it, it didn't take too long to recoup that, that income. And then, you know, scaled from there and the rest is history, I guess you'd say. So that, that's probably my, my main defining moment. Yeah. I appreciate it. You know, what was it from the outside? Was there, was there anyone around you that was like, what are you doing? Like, um, uh, or was it pretty supportive? It, it was kind of in the middle. Um, I've been asked that before and I, and I, I didn't have, there's not like a real clear moment where I had a blatant, in your face doubter, but you would definitely catch the undertones. Yeah. And so like the doubt was there, but no one just, no one just like came out and said it. Yeah. Um, but I think mine was probably a little bit minimized compared to maybe some others because I've always been like pretty strong willed. And so I've never been like hyper aggressive or anything where I had like big grandiose dreams, but people knew me well enough that if I committed to something that I was going to make it happen. So I think there was um, some trust in my decisions a little bit in that capacity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Has it always been SEO national or, uh, no, or did you go national later? I went national later. So, um, my being the mid 20 year old, I went with DAB empire. Uh, cause why wouldn't you use your name or your initials when you're a badass 20 year old? (laughs) So, so like, uh, you know, three, four years into it, I was like, that's stupid. That is so <laughs> And so, you know, DAB Empire is actually still the legal, sure. um, the legal holding company. But then I was like, no, I need to, you know, be more consistent in the branding, have a more clear message. And, and so we went with SEO National. <laughs> I love it. How long did it take you to uh, take, take things national? Was that a fairly quick process for you? You know, clients that you work with and... Well, when, when you drive, so by far the majority of our, our clients come from referrals. And so yeah. we've been able to build a reputation where, you know, we have a, a good track record. And so once you get a, into a certain level of success, you kind of get welcomed into this inner circle of, you know, your clients, friends, and partners as well. Yeah. And so we get introduced to well-established businesses pretty regularly that you couldn't really, you know, one example I talked about is we were working with the the Utah Jazz. They have um, they have what's called the Utah Jazz Team Store, and so that's where they sell their their jerseys and stuff like that. Yeah, and that is a perfect example of trust and relationships because that came from a referral. And there, I could have spent a million dollars on postcards, paid ads, you name it, and I would have never got my foot in the door with yeah. them. But yeah. all it took was like one introduction yeah. from you know somebody that trusted me, and and those people trusted him. So yeah, that, that trust goes a long way. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What's one or two things that, you know, I I usually call them like guiding principles or just uh, things that you live by that you could give to the listeners that they could take and actually just put it in action. You know, if they put them into action today, they could help themselves move forward. Is there one or two things you could leave with the listeners? I think the main thing would, would just reemphasize that transparency topic that we talked about. You know, a good example is as we scaled to having larger clients, when we first started, we were kind of the budget provider because that's where I felt comfortable. 
Like yeah. I, I wanted to set realistic expectations on the product we were delivering and um, we could only cater to a certain type of audience. You know, sure. Yeah. I'd love more money and to bill more, but I didn't want to feel like I was ripping people off. And so kind of find your area of expertise and continue to craft that. And, and so what we did is we went from billing 300 bucks a month to providing a list of services that was, you know, this big. And then we said, okay, if we want to raise prices, how can we bring more value? And so that's how we worked on growing as a company is, is how can we justify increasing costs, not just increase them, but justify it. And so then we figured out we could do these more things and drive these better results. And so then we went to like 750, repeated the process, went to 1500, repeated the process. And, you know, now our clients are like they average three grand to 10 grand per month, but that's because we are not the budget provider anymore. Yeah. And we know we have a clear understanding of the value that we can bring. And so at the end of the day, like all of your clients have a problem and you just have to figure out how to solve their problem and, you know, associate your price with that value that you bring. So just get really clear on what you can offer. It's going to help you grow. It's going to clear your conscience. It's going to help you sleep at night. Like it's just going to solve all your problems. Yeah. Yeah. I think for many new entrepreneurs, especially they, they almost devalue themselves or, or don't think that they can charge what they maybe do deserve. And so, you know, that's how, how was that for you to continue to bump up? Did you feel like, you know, I mean, the process you just explained made a total sense, right? And I love that you were able to go through it that way, but was that something that you experienced at all as well as like, man, I don't know if, you know, for sure. If we charge this much, like yeah, we're going to go out of business or, you know. Yeah. Like the first half of that, like the 300 to 750, 750 to 1500. Yeah, definitely. During that, yeah. those moments, the, because you end up turning away business too sometimes. And so that's definitely scary um, yeah. because when we went from the 300 a month range to 750, you know, we provided a lot more things and just logistically, we couldn't provide the, the same quantity and quality of things at the lower price point. Yeah. So yeah, that part's definitely scary, but you have to start attracting the type of clients you want to work with because like we talked earlier, they're going to welcome you into the inner circle of their friends and partners too. So if you want to stay as the budget provider and that's where you feel comfortable, like own it, like wherever yeah. you're at on that tier, just own it. But then if you want to bump up, like if you're working with the budget guys, you're associated with the budget guys yep. and that's your reputation. So you just got to decide which path you're going to head down and each transition, there's going to be a little bit of a give and a take until you get all the way into that new zone. But it just kind of comes with the territory. But if you move at high enough levels and make big enough jumps, like you're not down for long. Yeah. 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 Thank you. What's uh, What are a few ways that we can, find out more about you, what you got going on uh, with your company, SEO national. And uh, yeah, so that the listeners can, can follow you. Yeah, I appreciate that, Nate. Um, so probably a couple ways, uh, SEO national.com is the business side of things. Uh, Damon Burton.com. I blog about entrepreneurship there. And then LinkedIn is my social media platform of choice. So you can find okay. me on LinkedIn. I drop a lot of free SEO advice and, Probably the last way is um, you can go to seonational.com slash Facebook. That'll redirect you to a free Facebook group. It's not a hidden sales thing or nothing. Like it's legit free. You just, you know, every other day or so I drop in and, and drop some SEO tips. 
Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, we'll get that linked up so everybody can find that easily inside of the show notes. So I appreciate you taking some time today uh, on this Friday. Today is Friday. So, yeah, thank you so much for, for doing that and being here today with us. Yeah, thanks so much, Shane. Appreciate it. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'm gonna lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, baby.